Welcome to the Think Yourself Healthy podcast, where we challenge you to think differently about your approach to health and wellness. My name is Heather Duranja, and I'm excited to be here with you to take you on the journey from surviving to thriving. Good morning, everybody. On today's show, I have a special guest, Corey Phelps. Corey is a lifelong athlete with a passion for health and fitness. Corey launched her business after being diagnosed with hypothyroidism. She was in a career that made her miserable and was unwilling to accept low energy and sudden weight gain as the inevitable part of aging. She researched and educated herself on methods and techniques for healing and physical vibrancy. Her mission is to help women demystify nutrition and exercise so that they can discover their inner power and show up a more impactful, so show up as more impactful leaders. Fabulous. What an awesome, awesome mission. And very similar to my own story um, with getting diagnosed with a, a chronic disease and then that kind of being the... Um, the thing that you know opened up the door to doing um, pursuing knowledge and education and research in the health and wellness space. So tell us a little bit about your story. How long ago did you get diagnosed with hypothyroidism? What kind of symptoms were you having? You know, take us back to that part of your life. What was it like? Uh, so it was, it was actually quite quite a few years ago. <laughs> so that I. 17 years ago, I think now, um, I was a single mom and kind of juggling all the balls of being a single mom, having a, a business, a career, and I was just exhausted all of the time. And initially, I just kept telling myself that, you know, this is just like what it, what it is. Like I'm getting, you know, you're, you're not, you're not, well, I guess I was in my twenties at that point, but <laughs> like you're running a business and you're doing all the things. So it's just like, you're exhausted and that's normal. And then I started having like weight gain. I literally started gaining about a pound a day at, at one point. And I was literally eating boiled chicken and broccoli and exercising like a fiend like twice a day just to not continue gaining. And my hair was getting thin. There was I, had, I was having so many different symptoms and I was going to the doctor, different doctor after doctor, and they just kept like kind of blowing me off until finally someone listened and diagnosed me with hypothyroidism, which sent me on a journey to start to, to feel better. But even at that point, to be honest, I started taking medication and the weight started to come off, but I never really at that, at like in that space got to a place where I could accept that this was how I was going to feel forever because it was never even close to what I was feeling pre-diagnosis. Yeah, that's a big blow. Um, I find that and as a practitioner myself, I find that um, there's a much higher prevalence of women who suffer from hypothyroidism, um, and they also tend to be more susceptible to developing autoimmune diseases. And so ultimately, um, you know, we, I think that stress response is high and in constant engagement, um, you know, being a single mom, trying to work full-time job, do all of the things, take care of everyone else. Um, it just really runs us rampant. And over time, ultimately the body starts presenting those red flags. And so when you're talking about the pound a day weight gain, um, it's real, it happens. I was just having a conversation yesterday with um, a female who I was taking a look at some of her lab values from some testing that she had. And <clears throat> she was telling me that she's literally gaining a pound or more a day for the last several weeks, despite her efforts at exercising and eating really clean and, you know, being cautious with how much she's eating. So for, you know, for women, that can be really frustrating because we've been taught calories in versus calories out. That's how we control our weight. And so when we are faced with these kind of circumstances, it can really knock us on our ass and kind of throw us for a, a, a loop. What's going on here? And, um, I find that with thyroid diagnosis, it's really challenging to actually get to the root of what's going on with your, your thyroid. 
So with your specific diagnosis, have you been on the same medication the entire 17 years or they have they had to modify your medication as you, you know, circumstances have changed? Yeah, so I started out on Synthroid and I got to a place where I kind of plateaued where I felt okay, like way better than I had, but I still couldn't accept. And so I did a lot of research and I read a lot of books and I ended up with at a pretty amazing doctor years ago who's actually not even practicing anymore. And he put me on um, Nature Throid, which is this, pretty much the same thing as Armour. And I've been on that for a very long time. And I'm actually kind of dabbling with the idea of switching because there is something new and I'd actually have to look up the name of it, which um, is, is terrible because I can't remember it. It's out of Switzerland and it's a liquid form of a thyroid hormone that's supposed to be the purest thing that you can possibly get. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's, I, I was just, uh, it's called, there was a doctor in, in Switzerland that read was writing a book about it, and I was just speaking with my doctor about it. We're considering switching just because I still, even to this day, feel like there's just a little bit more, further that I could go to feel to feel better. Okay. Do you know is this new medication? Is it derived from like an animal, like a pig, or is it completely synthetic? Nope. It is. It's lab generated. Um, yeah. Interesting. I'll have to look into that. Well, cool. So I, similar to you, have struggled with thyroid um, off and on. So when I went through my divorce in 2010, um, that was the first time my thyroid had taken a really big dump. <laughs> and then I felt like crap and, you know, put on a ton of weight and was under an immense amount of stress. My hair changed, skin changes, you know, constantly cold. Um, and then supplemented with, um, medication really focused on self-care component because at that time that was the one piece that I had really let go was that self-care. I wasn't managing my stress very efficiently. Um, and then a couple of years ago I started having issues again. And so I have opted to stay on a micro dose of armor, armor medication um, because I feel that it just gives me that extra kind of um, edge with my kidney disease. So I have a couple things, unfortunately. Um, with the kidney disease that I have, it's done damage to the marrow in my bones. So ferritin is one of those components that is produced in the bone, and it's also a building block for thyroid hormone. So because of the kidney disease, my marrow has been damaged. I can't produce ferritin efficiently, which is why my thyroid um, isn't as uh, optimal as it should be. So I've been dosing with micro, um, I think I'm like on a 30 milligram dose now, um, and it's it's been great. So I'm a big fan of utilizing the medication if it's necessary, but there's a lot that we can do holistically to get ourselves feeling better. So tell me, um, tell me what, what was the big trick for you? What was the thing that allowed you to, um, in combination with the medicine, really start to feel better? So I think it's actually a practice of, a, of constantly searching and keeping things in, I think balance is a lie, but I I don't think that your, the path stays just straight. I think you constantly have to be searching because we're always changing. And so for me in the beginning, it was getting on the right medication. And over the years, it has been a lot of different things from like eliminating plaques out of my, you know, endocrine inhibitors. Like I've actually completely replaced all, like I don't have anything that I have plastic. Mm-hmm. I actually replaced my mattress because there's endocrine inhibitors that come out of that. So I like really cleaned up my entire environment. And then the other really huge thing was meditation mm-hmm. and moving into more of a gentle type of practice of exercise. Like I used to be the crazy sort of like, oh my gosh, I got to work out till I die. And if it wasn't like a, a workout that I felt like I was going to puke after, then I thought I should probably go do another. Maybe I should do three. Mm-hmm. And that sort of like mentality, I think was something that was breeding this, this yeah. problem within my body. And then 
actually tr- like literally speaking my truth, which is like communication, because as women, I think we hold that in and that is like an internal stressor for us. And and when I, once I started to learn how to communicate a little bit more effectively and allow my feelings out rather than feeling like I was consistently having to bite my tongue were huge. Yeah. Yeah, that self-betrayal piece is really um, a fundamental component of why most women feel like shit, because they are constantly betraying themselves, breaking the contract, not staying consistent with, you know, whether it's verbalizing their truths or it's speaking up for whatever their needs are, drawing their boundaries around, um, you know, specific relationships, whether it's family members, friends, spouses, co-workers. Um, we tend to just kind of hope that things will work themselves out. And all the while we're sitting there like in our brain, just going over and over and, re- you know, role playing and reliving and hashing it out. And how would I have done it differently? And, and so that constant state of um, mental stress of constantly revisiting the past, worrying about the future keeps us in that state of anxiety and depression and um, just really works against us and our parasympathetic nervous system with allowing us to really truly be able to rest and digest. As women, I know for myself, I was told, I can't even tell you how many times I heard as a girl growing up, um, you must suffer to be beautiful. You must suffer to be beautiful. And so I think that when, you know, we approach trying to change our body composition and we're doing a workout and we're getting to that point where we need to puke, we think that's the norm. Oh, it must be painful if it's good for me. So we literally get attached uh, to these ideas of what it's going to take in order to lose the weight and get our health and wellness back in order. And more often than less, it's usually not what we've been doing. And that's a really challenging concept for us to wrap our head around. What do you mean I'm not supposed to eat less and exercise more? What? Um, And so, you know, I think it can be really challenging. And a lot of women specifically get to that point where they feel frustrated. They don't know who to trust. There's so much misinformation out there. They go to the doctor, they tell the doctor they're not feeling well he runs a TSI, you know, the doctor will run a TSH panel and say, eh, you're fine. Everything's within normal range. And you leave there, you know, they're like, oh, it's just the aging process. And you're like, oh, I guess this is just what getting older is. And I'm here to call bullshit on all of that. It is not true. We are supposed to age gracefully. We are supposed to have longevity and vitality for as long as we desire. So, um, I'm going to break my head shaking it over here. Yeah, yeah. it's exciting to think that we really, truly do have more control around um, our aging. I'll just give you an example. This is just a little thing that's like really muffling my feathers, ruffling my feathers right now with this whole COVID um, situation that we have going on. We have so many people who are so frightened to leave their homes they, you know, are very um, disciplined about their mask wearing and washing their hands and cleaning everything down. And they're frightened to leave the house because they're scared to death that their health may be impacted by this virus. All the while, they're sitting at home, sitting on the couch, pounding down chips, washing it down with their Coca-Cola, ordering their fast food or their Uber Eats or, you know, whatever, whatever the newest service is to have their favorite treat delivered to them. And the reality is, if this was really, truly about our health and wellness, then we would do anything and everything we could to start protecting our immune system. And it really, truly starts with our lifestyle behaviors. And so just wearing a mask, washing your hands and staying in the house isn't enough to truly um, allow us to thrive from a health and well-being perspective. So um, I don't know. I don't, not exactly sure why I went on this little rant. It's valid rant. It's, it's, it's true. But the reality, oh, I guess where I was going with this is that we have choice. We have choice in terms of, you know, no matter what chronic diagnosis we get, we have the ability to um, 
make changes that are going to benefit us significantly. So when you're working with individuals, um, what is the approach you use? Kind of talk to me about your system, your program, how you do things. I always start with the basics, which is really checking in on the foundations. Um, so whether it's coming from a weight loss, somebody's wanting to create a change in their weight, or whether they're looking to create a change in their energy is first to, to check in with, are you fueling your body? Mm -hmm. And you're, are you doing it with whole good foods? And if it's a weight loss journey, oftentimes we're checking in and tracking because you do have to get clear and, and mindful about what you're doing. And that doesn't mean, you know, being militant about weighing food out, but you do need to understand what's happening there. So we work around the education with that. And then mindset. Mindset is huge for energy, weight loss, for pretty much absolutely everything. And we, we can create pretty much any sort of shift that we want to create in our life, no matter what it is, when you start with, with your mindset. It's, it's so powerful. Absolutely. So we work a lot on just like re reframing our thoughts and the inner dialogue that's happening within, because a lot of times you're not even aware of that like little voice that's going on in your head that's telling either you're not enough or you can't, or, you know, that this food is bad or this food is good. And mm -hmm. it's, it can be so destructive and really the thing that's, that's holding you back from going to the place that you want to go. Mm -hmm. Agreed. That self-talk is so important and it's unfortunate because when an individual is suffering from biochemical um, imbalances, so hormones not being in balance, their body can't function as optimally as it should. It can't do all of the things that it needs to to feel its best. And unfortunately, one of the biggest components that is impacted is mood. Mood is significantly impacted because energy is impacted when we are fatigued, low energy, we're constantly feeling tired, we're really being hard on ourselves because we're like, man, what is your problem? Like, get your shit together, come on. Why can't you just get through the day without having to pound down the 10 cups of coffee? Like, what's the you know deal? And so we're blaming ourselves over and over. I know, uh, I'll just give you an example of something I went through a couple years ago. I want to say it was 2017. It was summer of 2017. I had gained a bunch of weight. I was in a really unhealthy relationship. Um, the relationship, it wasn't like a, a toxic, toxic relationship. It just wasn't meeting my personal needs. So I was doing a lot of self-betraying in this process of trying to fantasize about this relationship and keeping it together. And my health was suffering significantly, like bad. And um, I started becoming extremely depressed, like so depressed that I remember um, an incident where I was sitting at a breakfast table with my grandmother and my boyfriend at the time and we were having breakfast. And I remember just looking down at my wrist thinking, you know, I think I'm just going to go up to the bathtub and slit them and bleed out and like, like look out over at the ocean. Like that's what was going, that was the talk that was going on in my head. And if you know me, you know that this is not something that is like really part of my character. I'm a very optimistic, um, <laughs> I'm a very optimistic individual who, you know, really doesn't get defeated easily. And so I was baffled. I could not for the life of me understand why I was in this super, super dark place. And so that led me to doing some extensive lab testing and really finding out that's when I got, when I was able to uncover that the root of my problem was that I wasn't producing enough ferritin. And because I wasn't producing enough ferritin, my iron levels were low. Not only were my iron levels were low, but this was having a negative impact on my vitamin D and my body's ability to synthesize my vitamin D. And we know that vitamin D is highly, highly correlated with our mood. So when I did the testing, I found out my vitamin D level was a six. So anything under a 30 is considered like extremely low. Mine was in a very, very dangerously low place. So it felt, it, it kind of, it was like, um, 
a good thing in the sense when I discovered all of these chemical imbalances because it justified the depression that I was having, which made it easier for me to understand I wasn't going crazy. Like I wasn't losing my shit. I wasn't some crazy person who all of the sudden was becoming suicidal and like had lost their thrill for life. That there was literally physiological things that were keeping me from being able to have rational thoughts. And so um, getting on appropriate medication, I have to dose so highly with um, vitamin D. Again, it all goes back to the kidneys and bone marrow. And um, I think with a salad, two years of aggressive supplementation, like literally um, probably 200,000 IUs a week of wow. vitamin D2 and D3, um, I've only gotten it up to a 13. So I'm still like in that really, really subclinically low dangerous area, but um, it's gotten a little better. <laughs> so oh you know, I, I always encourage everyone um, that self-talk is so important because at that time I had to really show myself a lot of compassion and a lot of grace and unfortunately, at that time, I had a girlfriend that I used to bartend with. Um, we were both single moms, had daughters the same ages, had gone through divorces, the whole thing, you know. And um, she actually took her life. And that was absolutely devastating for myself to be going through the depression and having those suicidal thoughts that I was dealing with at that time. And then for her to have actually done it, the, um, I, 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 my heart felt so horrible because I could actually understand what had gotten her to that point where she could rationalize that decision. You know, it's a terrible, terrible thing. And so um, I always encourage women, especially if we're experiencing any kind of depression, you have to fight your doctors on getting your vitamin D levels tested. We, cr we have chronically low vitamin D and there tends yeah. to be vitamin, low vitamin D and low thyroid hormones. So hypothyroidism and low vitamin D tend to go hand in hand. Yeah, you absolutely have to advocate for yourself because a lot of times the doctors are not, um, and especially in conventional medicine, they're not listening. And I feel like the problem too, as women, they tend to take us even less seriously. Yeah. Unfortunately, oh, it's an emotional thing that you need yeah. to be dealing with. You know, and I have to defend the doctors in the sense that their hands are somewhat tied because they have a lot of time restrictions. But most importantly, the insurance is what really hinders them from being able to do the experimental lab works to really, you know, get in there and okay. dig in, find out what's going on. And unfortunately for women in the United States, insurance has made it no longer mandatory to test vitamin D levels. If you're under the age of 45, it's considered non-appropriate. Like you, you don't need to have your vitamin. It's the insurance won't cover it. And so it's really frustrating because what I have found with working with all of these women who do have thyroid disorders, almost every single one of them have had clinically low vitamin D levels and their doctors have refused to test them. So we found um, outside testing that they can pay out of pocket to have done really affordably. And then um, typically within three months of getting on appropriate supplementation and doing, you know, resetting mindset and things of that nature, they're feeling a lot better. So, yeah, well, definitely at that and, and enter in, I guess now the more they're finding out with the microbiome and how much that is actually affecting, like you might be even supplementing with a vitamin D and think that you're fine, but you're not actually absorbing it and converting it the way that you need to based on stress and how your, your microbiome is affected from stress. Right. Absolutely. And with like, for me specifically, absorption is the issue. I can't resynthesize the vitamin D because of the damaged nephrons in my kidneys. So It'll, it'll be a constant, I'll have to, you know, I've accepted that supplementation when it comes to vitamin D is something that I will have to continue to do for the rest of my life. 
as as well as you know continuing to get my 15 minutes of sunscreen free sun exposure and um, focusing on good sources of vitamin D in my diet which there aren't many but I do I do like things like salmon and mushrooms and alfalfa sprouts those are all great sources of vitamin yeah. D to um, enjoy those so yeah. So, so tell me, what is your favorite dialogue that you personally use when you find yourself starting to go down that other path and start, you know, having the unfavorable self-talk creep in? How do you stop yourself from doing that? What's your go-to? Uh, you know, I have some affirmations, but I also, which those, those are like situational. I find that we often have in our head things like we say, like, I have to eat the salad to lose the weight, mm -hmm. or I have to do the workout to do the thing, or I have to just get through this day. And I find that when you shift and you start to say, I get to, like, I get to eat the salad, I get to do the workout, I get to get up and go through this day is a huge shift. When you, when you, move out of the I have to, which like just brings you down that and into the I get to, it changes and puts you in a place of opportunity and gratitude, which is huge. And if you are in a really, really negative space, when you end whatever that little dialogue is in your head with, and I love it, it's somehow, it's so, it's almost silly. You're like, I have no energy and I love it. And all of a sudden it starts to kind of like, kind of like make fun of yourself in a way, but in, in, in a good, in the best possible way. And it starts to put you back into that place where you can be optimistic and find the good in the things right in front of you, which is such a huge thing in, in moving into a place of gratitude changes everything. Oh, agreed so much. You know, one of my favorite sayings is, and it took me a long time to really grasp and understand the complexity of this, is that um, ultimately our perception is our reality. And for the longest time, I just could not wrap my brain around what that truly meant. I'd be like, what do you mean perception is reality? My life sucks. Like nothing ever goes right. What are you talking about? You know? And um, when I discovered that we could actually change the way that we thought about our circumstances, it was so empowering and so game-changing. But I remember initially when I would start to have like that change of self-talk and I would be talking... I talk to myself all the time. Like we're constantly over here having conversations. And, <laughs> and back at, you know, back in the day when I really started focusing on mindset, I was a nasty, I'm talking nasty, nasty person to myself. I was constantly shit talking and beating myself up on the reg. I had no self-esteem, no confidence. I thought the world was out to get me and destroy me. And so I truly, I was like, just so bad. I like look back and I'm like, man, how did I, I, I couldn't even, I've tried to duplicate the way that I used to talk to myself and I do it now. And I'm like, Oh God, no, like that just, I don't, I can't even buy that shit now. Like you, you couldn't feed it to me if you were holding me down and, and had my hands tied. I still wouldn't be able to eat it. But it's so crazy, um, that initial period when you're trying to change and redirect that self-talk. It feels so weird. It, it's so foreign. It's like, I remember looking at myself in the mirror and I'd be like, you did a great job today, Heather. And I'd be like, oh, fuck that. You know, no, you didn't. Like you could have done da 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 better. And, and, um, and then I would literally have to like stare at myself and be like, what are you doing? Like, you know, and we'd have this battle, right? Until that battle started to get easier and easier and easier. But I had to constantly have the battle. If I didn't have the battle, then I would just be right back to that default old shit talking that I did forever. Um, and I'll give you an example of something I'm super proud of. 
I did something a couple weeks ago that was literally the most physically challenging thing I have experienced to date. So I got, I got an invitation to be on a reality TV show that's going to be airing on Discovery. And I was like, yeah, I totally want to do this. It was about, you know, physical challenges around dodgeball. I'm like, fuck yeah, I love dodgeball as a kid. Dodgeball is great. Yeah. Love the movie, right? Totally in. Well, I didn't ask enough questions. And so when I got to the set... I was like, oh shit, what did I get myself into? And I was not prepared whatsoever, physically, mentally, or emotionally for what I was getting myself actually into. And after that long day of getting the shit beat out of me, I'm saying like literally, this sh- like it's going to be a blast to watch me just, uh, the slow-mo stuff is going to be priceless, taking balls in the head and it was so hard. So I get in the car, I'm covered head to toe in mud. And I'm like, okay, (laughs) I'm doing my drive home. And the old Heather would have been like, you idiot. Why did you train harder? Why did you have wine on Friday night? Why were you, why didn't you change your diet? Like I would have just been banging myself up and picking out all of the pieces that I did not perfect to ensure that I had the most, you know, set myself up for having the most um, success with peak performance. (laughs) This was pure entertainment, let me tell you. (laughs) But I got in the car and I was like, I'm so proud of you. You're so brave. That was so courageous. The bruises will go away. You'll heal. Like you can take a shower. It's all going to be great, but I'm so proud of you that you did it. You showed up, you, you ebbed and flowed through all of the challenges and obstacles that you were faced with. And so the rest of the drive, the celebration really was me celebrating how far I've grown with being able to celebrate myself even though it isn't perfect, I can still celebrate how far I've come and all of the little things that we typically don't put a lot of value in. Um, that's where we get our biggest rewards. So celebrating yourself is so huge. And actually I'm listening to you and it sounds like your, your dodgeball game was just basically a metaphor for life, which I mean, Sports really are anyways. Yeah, pretty, pretty much. Yes, absolutely. Yep. Yeah, that inner dialogue. I mean, I think the biggest thing is that you can't even change it until you become aware of it. And a lot of times we're not even aware of it. Like I actually had a moment, it was so many years ago when I first I was like in a yoga class and I was like in chair pose and I was like, come on, tough it out. I think I was like, you stupid bitch. I think that's what yeah. I said to my, right? And I was like, what? This is right. yoga. Right. <laughs> like, what? I was like, hold on. I have the biggest resistance with yoga because of judgment of self. Like I am not a flexible person. And so, and I'm not very coordinated either. So um, hence why dodgeball was so challenging. But um, with yoga, I would go to yoga class and I would be so intimidated. I remember just walking into yoga class shoulders hunched, trying to find the corner, the safest place where no one would see me. And I would literally sit there and judge myself the entire hour trying to do poses because I didn't look like everyone else. And a couple years ago, um, it might've been a year or maybe it was like a year ago. I don't know. I was at, you know, I went to a yoga class and at this point I've gotten all, I've gotten over the fact that I am not like everyone and I'm doing it to the best of my ability. And the more persistent I am, the better I will get. So end of yoga class, the dude that's sitting next to me, he was an older gentleman. He, he leans over and he looks at me and he goes, I just want to let you know that was really hard to watch. <laughs> And I just remember sitting there thinking to myself, awesome. Thanks for letting me know, you know, and not taking it personally and not letting it like destroy me. And now I'm never going back to yoga class again. 
But then when I was walking out of that yoga class, I did kind of chuckle to myself thinking, I thought yogis were supposed to be the non-judgmental ones. Like, come on, really? Oh, I think that it's quite the opposite. <laughs> they're like usually everybody in yoga is like the worst. The worst judges are there to try and learn how to undo all of it. <laughs> yeah, that was that was quite a, a funny moment. That was quite a good moment. So back to this whole thing about women and um, you know trying to basically be superwoman and do more that they physically can and ultimately their body suffers the consequences of trying to do it all and and be it all and all the while shit talking ourselves through it so i find that women are in a lot of resistance to taking like let's talk about self-care okay women are really resistant to doing the kind of self-care that is required to ultimately heal and transform into a healthy whole mind, body, and soul. And so with your practice, how do you encourage women? How do you get them to start seeing the value in taking that time for themselves? And reestablishing maybe a new definition for what self-care actually looks like how how do you approach that uh, so inside of like when i'm coaching a client or inside my programs we first start with like really defining what you want your life to look like okay. and then reverse engineer it from there and a lot of times it is learning how to set boundaries and that's the, the big thing and i think once you can start to implement boundaries into your life which is a huge part of self-care but not the like um, mani petty face mask kind of self-care that we all like to deem as self-care that's the first the first element of of creating that practice and i think once you i i find with my clients and inside the program that once people are able to start to establish boundaries, they are actually able to see the value in it. And then they can start to create a self-care practice that's in alignment with what they need, because it's not always going to be the same thing for every single person, but boundaries are huge for everybody and women, especially because we tend to open up the boundaries and give everyone else the keys to to the gate rather than holding them ourselves like all the way down to like allowing our children to you know take 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 from us i think and then what we really need is to protect our energy so that we actually can show up fully for everyone else and all the people that do need us right yeah absolutely so what can one of those boundaries look like what, what could a boundary look like for someone who's wanting to get started with trying to develop a new self-care practice or start making themselves their health and wellness a priority? How would you, what, what could that look like? What could that look like? So setting a, a time for yourself, whether it's in the morning or evening, or I, mean, I actually recommend both times. And it doesn't have to be a, a large amount of time. It could start out to just be 10 minutes in the morning and 10 minutes to get clear on your intentions for that day so that you can honor yourself. And then in the end of the day, just reviewing that. And I think when you start with those little blocks, you're able to expand and grow. But if you don't get clear on what you need to do for yourself in the very beginning of the day, it's never going to happen. Right. I agree with you. I think that's a, a fabulous tip. I know for myself personally, there's three questions that I start my day off with. And when I am intentional about setting those three intentions, as I go about my day, I find that no matter what the circumstances are that are going on around me, the way that I respond to things tend to be more in alignment whatever those intentions are that I set for the day. So the questions I ask are, number one, how do you want to feel? What do you want to create? And how do you want to give back to the greater good? And so when I'm intentional about setting whatever that purpose is for the day, let's say I go to Trader Joe's and some lady in front of me is trying to check out her card keeps declining. And I'm like, Oh my God, Oh my God. Right. Like I picked the slow line. Lucky me. 
if I'm very intentional that day about wanting to be, um, I want to create happiness and I want, you know, I want to feel joy and I want to give back to the greater good by smiling and being friendly to others. Well, if I'm in the grocery store line and I find myself starting to feel a little irritated and impatient, those intentions immediately click in and you're like, oh, but Heather, you said you were going to be joyful. You were going to, you know, smile and be friendly to others. So put your big smile face on and take a couple deep breaths. You know, it's not the end of the world that you have to wait a few extra minutes. So um, I'm a big, big, huge uh, advocate for setting those intentions and reflecting on the intentions at the end of the day. I think that's a beautiful um, practice to get used to. Yeah, I think it's a lot like just when you type in an address into your GPS, right? When you want to go somewhere, you could probably start your day off and get get there, but it's probably going to take you on a lot of twists and turns. But when you put it, plug in your intentions in your GPS, you will get there much faster and actually free up a lot of time for yourself in order to do the things that are going to fill your cup and maybe even have more self-care in your life. Absolutely. Absolutely. So do you think weight loss is complicated? (laughs) That's a double-edged question. Um, I think that the the two things that you really need to consist, well, there's three things that you need to consistently focus on are your mindset, what you're putting in your body and intentionally moving your body. So it's that simple, mm-hmm. not that easy. Mm-hmm. And of course we, there are health implications and things that come in. So if you have a hor- hormonal imbalance, you could be doing all of those things and you're never going to get to where you need to go. But if everything else is in alignment in your body from like a hormonal and health perspective, then the path is simple. Implementation is not easy. I released a, I posted a video yesterday of a client that I have uh, worked with. She's young girl. Um, When she came to me, she had uh, multiple chronic autoimmune diagnosis you know, suffering from anxiety, depression on 27 different pharmaceutical medications. Oh my goodness. And, um, with her, you know, of course she was overweight, very inflamed, um, all kinds of skin issues, hair issue, you name it. And with her, we really set the goal about feeling better and improving energy levels and her sleep because the insomnia was so bad. And so as we started focusing on things outside of food and outside of exercise, and we were really getting to the root of the problem and helping her strategize and come up with solutions that were realistic for her circumstances that she could consistently do day in and day out, um, weight loss was a consequence of the work that she was doing without having to put that effort into her food choices and her movement. Um, We made it more about how are you feeling? And when we focused on the feeling, the feeling made it a lot easier for her to want to make better choices when it came to her diet and want to make better choices with moving her body. Um, and she ultimately lost over 30 pounds, which was um, really, really exciting. Put all of her diagnoses into remission, and she's only on one pharmaceutical drug, which is an um, immunosuppressant for one of her, um, her RA that she has. So amazing. Yeah. So, you know, I think more often than less, if we can just really put our energy and effort into the right goal and like, what's the biggest problem right now. And with most people suffering from thyroid disorder, um, fatigue, chronic fatigue, brain fog, energy, those tend to be the biggest things working against them. And so if you can put your energy and efforts into how can we start sleeping better? How can we start, you know, really controlling the thought process and and finding a way to develop some coping mechanisms that are going to be in your best interest, um, 
the weight loss just naturally comes with it and you don't even have to make that, you know, the priority. I would absolutely agree with that. It's sort of like a bless and release and a crowding yeah. out technique, which I think is a lot more powerful than focusing. I mean, I feel like it's a, it's a lot like um, when you are chasing the one thing in front of you, like so hardcore, it's so hard to see it. It's like, you know, you're looking for your sunglasses, you can't find your keys. And the whole time it's they're sitting on your head or right there in front of you. And when you stop, stop and you're like, all right, I'm going to find them. You're like, oh, there they are. Right. right. Or you're so desperately, you're looking for a relationship where you want, right. That was when you always met someone is when, when you stopped searching. Right. Absolutely. Absolutely. So what do you have going on? What, what do you've got going on with your programs and your clients, anything special happening right now? Um, yeah, we are just in the very beginning of a new, uh, a new enrollment for Burnout to Breakthrough, which is my signature 90-day coaching program. Um, we walk through basically the infrastructure of creating more energy and the, the side effect is often, is often weight loss. I mean, we dive really deep into nutrition and all the things you can do to heal your body and balance out your hormones. But we work a lot on boundaries and self-care and celebrating yourself and getting like a clarity on the person that you want to be and who you want to become so that you can wake up every day taking action towards that versus um, waiting for certain things to happen in order to then become that person. Right. Yeah. I love that. I love the name too. Burnout to breakthrough. That's a fabulous, fabulous name. I love that. Very creative. Thank you. So what advice do you have for the listener, that person out there who is really struggling, feeling defeated, and they just want to feel better what is a piece of advice that you would give to them with getting started on their health and wellness journey? To get started, I think first is tapping into the and appreciating and acknowledging yourself that you want change mm -hmm. and to celebrate yourself for that desire mm -hmm. and to get curious and start to um, kind of see if you to, to tap into or like seek out a coach or a professional that can help support you. Um, and even like turning to your community of friends and just like opening up the conversation. So, cause I think once you start to let people know that your desire is to feel better and you put it out into the world, it's very quick that it starts to actually take on a life of its own and actually happen. Yeah, I agree with you. I know for myself, when I decided that I was going to go to school to become a registered dietitian nutritionist, um, I was really frightened because I graduated high school with a 1.7 GPA. So I wasn't quite the stellar student, <laughs> but I was super passionate about what I had learned through um, my own research. And I really wanted to be able to share that with others. And, um, and so when I found out that to become a dietitian, it was going to be a pre-med degree. I had to really focus on the self-talk and change that and start very, very small. I'm going to set realistic expectations. But for me, the biggest motivator of what allowed me to actually take action was verbalizing to my community that I was going to do this thing. And it was like, once I put it out there, I was like, oh shit, I better oh start do it now. Computer. I got to get on this shit. Like, I don't know how it's going to work, but you know, and ultimately I did, I like, I had to take five math classes before it actually counted as that math class that I got college credit for. So I had to be very honest with myself around expectation setting. And I knew that I wasn't going to go and get this pre-med degree in a three and a half years. Like I knew that that wasn't realistic. I knew it was going to take me more like five because I was raising a family and being single mom and working full time and all of that stuff. So I think realistic expectations set setting is um, also another key component 
you know, with that verbalization, um, also making sure that we're being realistic with what we can commit to, because otherwise we'll just break that contract and then we self-betray and then we self-sabotage and then we start the cycle all over again. Yep, you get stuck in the loop for sure. It's a fabulous loop, but it's an exhausting loop. And I'm so grateful to be off of that hamster wheel myself. And it's such a pleasure to get to help guide others off of that, that hamster wheel as well and back onto their own path of uh, sustainability. Yes, I feel the same way. Helping people end that, that loop is so important. And yes. when, you're, when you're beginning, seeking support is a big part of that. Absolutely. Well, Corey, it has been such a pleasure to chat with you. I really appreciate you taking time out of your busy day to come and share all of your expertise with the audience. So where can the listeners find you and learn more about you? Ah, so I, uh, over at my website, which is cultivatebycorey.com and, or you could, uh, hop over on Instagram and it's just Corey underscore Phelps underscore. Fabulous. Free to just message me. I'm super uh, responsive on Instagram and I, I message right back. <laughs> awesome. Well, I will make sure that we link all of your connections in the show notes so it makes it easy for everyone to find you. Again, oh, thank, thank you, you so much for coming on and being a guest today. I really appreciate it. And you guys, if you aren't following her, make sure you head over to Instagram, check her out. It's Corey underscore Phelps correct? Yes, that is it. And start um, checking out all of the amazing stuff that she shares with her followers. And um, well, again, thank you very much. I truly appreciate you. You guys check her out and um, hopefully we can try and do this again sometime. I would absolutely love that. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so grateful. Thanks for joining us on the Think Yourself Healthy podcast. Make sure you leave a review and let me know what you think. I love reading your feedback. Come hang out with me on Instagram at Heather Duranja. And don't forget to take a screenshot that you're listening to the podcast and tag me. I love to share it. See you on the next episode.